Welcome to the RMH Podcast, interviews with business owners, entrepreneurs, and tax professionals to help your Houston area business grow and thrive. Check out the show notes for this episode at podcast.rmh.cpa. This show is brought to you by your podcast team, where having your own podcast is as easy as being a guest on ours. Find out more at yourpodcast.team. Now, let's get to the show. Hi, my name is Randy Reimer, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the RMH Podcast, the official podcast of the CPA firm of Reimer McGinnis Hess. For this special first episode, we have a guest host, Dave Spray. Dave is a very experienced podcaster. On this podcast, Dave will be interviewing two guests, myself and Mark Hess. The reason for having both of us on this podcast is because we are using this podcast to officially announce the merger between our two firms, Reimer McGinnis & Associates and Hess Hopkins Alexander is now Reimer McGinnis Hess. In this episode, we talk about both of our individual backgrounds, the backgrounds of our respective firms, and what led to the merger, and also why we're so excited about the future of our new firm. We plan to release future podcast episodes at least once per month. Our plan is that for most of our interviews, they will be with clients of the firm, mainly because so many of our clients have lived the classic American success story of building a business from scratch. And we want to use this platform to let them tell their stories so that we can all learn how to run our business better. If you like this episode, please consider subscribing so that you will not miss future episodes. Now, let's get to the show. So, my name is David Spray, and I'm the guest host today of the inaugural episode of the RMH podcast. And my guests today are Randy Reimer and Mark Hess. Randy, thanks for being on the call. You bet. Glad to be here. Mark, thank you as well. Oh, thank you very much. So, I'd like to, to, to talk about each of your backgrounds and then how uh, we ended up at this spot and some thoughts about the future of the podcast. So let's, I'm an accountant, so I like to cover things linearly and chronologically. So Mark, let's talk chronologically. Where did you go to college? I went to college at Sam Houston State University. Great. Uh, Are you a native Texan? No, I'm not, but I did get here as fast as I could. <laughs> you and me, you and me both. Oh yeah, my journey to Texas was a, it was a good one. Um, after I got out of high school, I decided college probably wasn't the right thing, so I joined the Air Force. And the Air Force, I my four year tour, most of it was spent in Montana. And at, yeah, and after that, I moved to Texas. And the only thing that was missing in Texas, because you know, from the cultures and the peep, the culture and the people. Or the mountains. <laughs> so I fit in like a glove down here from day one. And, that is awesome. I am that, glad to hear. I've heard Montana described as the Texas of the North. So that uh, there, there's sense. no doubt. So tell me, so you went to Sam Houston. Did you know you wanted to be an accountant from a young age or was this something you figured out while you were in college? This is something I, you know, that that's a great question because this is something that goes back to the ninth grade, 
you know, I never was really, I didn't go into like an accounting class, but I took a general like business class in ninth grade. And, you know, they touch on all these different industries and things like that. And this was kind of a finance class, I think. And, yeah. you know, so I was exposed to accounting there, but my senior year, I took what uh, a class that was more intense, but was similar to that. And, you know, I, I was always good with math and, you know, accounting is pretty, you know, it can just be high level algebra. Yeah. Sometimes we get into some other things, but so I was always good with all that and word problems. And I got that out of that class. So the accounting things on my radar and, you know, after I get out, you know, do my military stunt and then I'm deciding, oh, what am I going to do to go to college? And my dad kept on mentioning the, the accounting. He goes, oh yeah, you get yourself four clients. You could make $40,000 a year. And I'm like, Oh, wow. That's pretty neat. Anyway, <laughs> so it, it actually, it came through my dad, him saying that, you know, in other words, you know, I come from a, a you know, blue collar background and, you know, we're all a bunch of hard workers, obviously like everybody else. And, but, you know, I, I like st- stability and that's what my dad was basically getting at when he said that. And then mm-hmm. when I was in the military, I, I had, a, I got, I had a lot of contact with officers, you know, obviously they've been to college and things, but you know, they had accounting degrees, engineering degrees and all this. And so I'm thinking, oh, you know, based on what the job I was doing in Montana, I thinking, oh, I had to get an engineering degree. Well, so I tell these officers that and they start talking. Oh, no, you, you don't want to walk around with a, you know, pocket protector and a bunch of pens sticking out and all this stuff. And yeah. So, yeah, they, then the other guys were talking, hey, you need to go into business, you know. And so it really came, it came from those two things, you know, my dad and then, you know, having exposure to other people that you know experienced different things in college and, and in life. And so the accounting, it was just high on my radar immediately. That's what I was going to school for. That is awesome. Well, let's, I'm going to handle this, but kind of jump in fact, back and forth between the two of you. So Randy, where did you go to college? Well, amazingly enough, I also went to Sam Houston. Yeah, pretty crazy. Mark and I both graduated from Sam Houston. Dave, you may remember, I, I was fortunate enough to play baseball in college and had a, a scholarship to play baseball at the at Sam Houston, which is also kind of interesting because I had a, a family connection. My mother and father both went to Sam Houston as well. In fact, my my dad was actually a two-sport letterman back in the day. So oh, wow. uh, Sam Houston, I was always attracted to Sam Houston. So loved that. My wife and I both went to college and graduated from there. So and the accounting route for me was simply one of those where my dad had been a coach his whole life. And uh, while I loved sports, I knew I didn't want to coach. I didn't want to be a school teacher. <laughs> so, sure. so, you know, so, so the business of school attracted me and accounting just sort of came natural. So uh, that's how I ended up in accounting. So pretty crazy. Well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so now let's talk about when you graduated, what you did when you graduated. Uh, did you find gainful employment ever or you still I, looking for a job? <laughs> well, I'm still sort of looking for the right, you know, the right spot. But, but yeah, you know, back in the, that was one of the other beauties about the, the accounting profession back in my day was you looked at, you looked in the college placement office and, and there were so many jobs and so many re- people recruiting accountants that there were just lots of opportunities. So I had no trouble snagging a job right out of college. I actually, uh, instead of going to a large firm, I actually started with a large local firm. It was there for four or five years before I went ultimately to KPMG, to, which actually was called Pete Marwick when I first got there. And uh, in fact, the name changed. One of the first big accounting firm mergers happened while I was there when Pete Marwick merged and, and became uh, KPMG. 
So yeah, I remember I, when that happened in yeah. 86 or 87. 86, 87 yeah. in that time frame. Yeah, it was a big deal. I can remember they they trotted out the the new logo for KPMG and, and we all kind of just shook our heads and said it's three, it's four letters and some little blue boxes. And, <laughs> and we of course as accountants we we're like, well, I wonder what they paid for that, you know. <laughs> Very creative. So but yeah, I was there for three years and then I had the opportunity to actually purchase a retiring CPA's firm with a good friend of mine that I started in my first job with. And we purchased that firm, 89, 90, 91 timeframe, ran that one for a while, and then actually merged that firm into a larger firm here in Houston. And, and then ultimately, actually 15 years ago is when we uh, spun out of that firm, Tom McGinnis and myself and two others, Merle Shefstad and Liz Jackson to form uh, Reimer McGinnis and Associates. So it's been a good 15 years with a RMA. That's awesome. Well, let's now switch back to Mark. So, Mark, when you graduated from college, uh, where did you land? Well, interestingly enough, Pete Marwick. <laughs> Are you guys cousins? Or yeah, we, we, or we, we, we must be related. It's kind of what we're figuring out. We keep on, uh, yeah, we, our paths have crossed many times. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's. At, so, you ended up at, at Pete Marwick, aka KPMG. And which group were you in there? Audit tax advisory? Oh, yeah. So I started in the audit department down there, and that was a lot of fun. And, you know, I was after the military, I was, you know, had a, I have a certain structure and I still kind of follow that, you know, chain of command type stuff. But, anyways, anything they asked me to do, I would do. So that probably made you a popular employee. Yeah, yeah, it did. It made me a very popular employee. <laughs> uh, a lot of work, but it, but it was good. I, you know, I got some great experience. But I started in their audit department, and and while I was there, I started doing some litigation work, litigation support work, okay. and and I pretty much worked on the same case the entire time I was at Pete Marwick too, and a, a few other litigation cases. But I was in the audit department. They had a. a tax option program to where you could go into the tax department and work for a busy season. And if they, you know, if it was a good match, you know, you could stay. And if you didn't want to, you know, it was pretty, you know, pretty open. You, you had your choices. So I went into that program. They wanted me to stay. So I'm thinking, well, that's a command. So I stayed, <laughs> but you know, I still kept on working on audits and I still worked on that same litigation case, you know, and then you know, I moved around the tax department a little bit and I ended up in international tax. And then, you know, I always had this thing about starting, you know, getting, doing my own firm. And someone called me one day and out of a local firm, someone at Left Peak Mark was working at this local firm and asked me if I'd be interested in a position over there. And that took me out of Pete Marwick. And I went into the, you know, to work for this local accounting firm, Ferguson Camp and Henry was the name back then. Okay. And little did I know, um, they had good plans for me. They put me in charge immediately. And within a year, I was running their audit department. Oh, wow. So, and then all that kind of just, you know, I got, you know, I was really getting a lot of good experience and I knew I had it when I was at that local firm. And that kind of drove me into starting my own firm. And I started a firm with a partner that used to be in that local firm. And we did that for a number of years. And then my wife, Fran, she, you know, she was a, ta- she's a tax person, decided that, you know, we both decided it'd probably be a good thing because we could, we could always work together. I met her at that local firm, but decided that 
hey, we could probably just you know do our own firm. So I guess it was 2005. We we did purchase a tax practice, and I already had a pretty good book of business. And the rest is history. After that, we <laughs> we just kept on going. So if I'm doing my math, that means that was just almost the same time Randy and Tom started their firm, maybe a couple years before that. So I, I think it was the same year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's within a year. That's exactly right. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing parallel path we were running, right? Yeah. Well, you know where this is going, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is destiny. Well, speak, speaking of where this is going, why don't we go ahead and get to the exciting news. So, Randy, I believe if it's if you haven't made this public already, let's consider this the public announcement of Absolutely. Yeah, we we are Mark and I are both just very pleased to announce that our firms have merged. Effective actually effective January 1st. We're just uh, beginning to let some of our clients know about it personally right now. And we plan to go public with a all-client email blast here soon. And then we'll probably have some publicity in the Houston Business Journal and whatnot coming out. But we're just super excited. The, the new name of the firm will be Reimer McGinnis Hess. We currently will be uh, operating out of two offices. We have an office here on Malibu on the northwest side. And then uh, Mark's office, where they are, is over at Greenway Plaza area. And so for the next year or so, we'll be in two separate offices, but working together as one firm. So down the road, we hope to be in the same building together. We haven't figured that part out yet, but that's, a, that's in the plans for getting us through the tax season first will be our first priority. No, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's great news. And I know I've known both of you for some time, so I was excited to hear about it as well. Thank you. So, so Mark, what was it about Randy, Tom, the other partners there in their firm that made you think joining forces with them made sense? Well, really, it's uh, two things. That, well, the first thing is uh, is culture. You know, after I met with Randy and we just started talking, um, and we you know went over and met their you know all the all his folks and everything. I could feel it that the culture was there. It's very similar to how we operate, you know, and a, another thing that was real big. I mean, we, you know, we all care about our clients and our staff, especially. I was already talking to a management consultant about, you know, Hey, you know, I want to kind of do this or I want to do that. And that's where I was introduced to Randy, as a matter of fact, again, <laughs> because he already had all these programs in place and some of the technology that I was getting ready to implement. Okay. So, yeah. And when the suggestion came, hey, you guys ought to talk. And when we talked, I was just like, yeah, this should happen probably. There's just a lot of similarities uh, between the way we practice public accounting. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, Randy, why don't you add to that? What, from your perspective, what did you see in in Mark's firm that made you think it might be a good fit? Yeah, a lot of the same things Mark mentioned. I mean, you know, we just, we could tell really early on that that the way that, that Mark and Fran uh, ran their practice was very similar to ours. I mean, we are... We are very much focused on our staff, our team here that, that works with us and, and making sure that we hire the best people we can find. And then we sort of get out of their way and let them do their job. And we're there to help them. We're there to, to mentor them and, and be involved, of course. But we don't micromanage people, you know, and, and we, neither one of us run firms where we're making, you know, people work 
1800 or 2000 chargeable hours like some of the other firms do. So we had, we had a, a real similar culture in that we, we really want our people to have some work-life balance and have a place where they, as Tom McGinnis and I have said forever, a place people really like to come to work. You know, there's no, you don't wake up, you don't wake up in the morning and go, oh my gosh, I have to go to this place again. It, it's the opposite. You know, it's like, hey, I get to go see my friends and my coworkers and I know it's going to be a good day. So we, we really felt that connection early on. And then as we began to talk more and more, um, you know, we realized we had very similar client bases. We looked at, you know, things like our rate structures and whatnot, and we were just amazingly compatible in that regard. And I do have to say one of the other kind of unique things was that there were a couple of, of Mark's key employees that I actually knew from a previous firm and, and knew them oh, to wow. be, I knew them to be just great great people, great guys. In fact, one of them, we actually had tried to hire uh, here at our firm. And so, yeah, so it was kind of, again, just all these things work together. And then what's truly amazing to me is, is once we had gotten pretty far down the road, then we realized, oh my gosh, we went to Sam Houston. (laughs) Oh my gosh, we were at Pete Marwick. You know, oh my gosh, both of our wives are accountants as well. I mean, (laughs) it's just like, uh, you know, if you're asking for a sign, I think we had one. But I think one of the cool, the coolest things, and Mark talked about it a little bit, is, is we had our first get-together of both employee groups just a week or so ago here at our Malibu office. And man, it was a wonderful time. Uh, they all got along so well. They had a great time. You know, multiple people came up to me from Mark's side as well as our side and said, wow, these are really great people. This has really been a lot of fun. And so, uh, like I say, uh, everything it just uh, really lined up well we're super excited about joining forces with, with their firm. Oh, that's great. Thank you for adding that context. So sure. Mark, that, that get together when we kind of introduced everybody uh, to talk to me about your perspective of that. Did you get a similar feedback from your employees or uh, what was your take? Uh, absolutely. It was identical that the, our employees, they came, they actually approached us and I didn't quiz them. They came to us and actually told us what a good time that was. And, you know, they didn't talk anything about it except, Hey, this was like really neat. Those are a bunch of really cool people. Hey, did you talk to, or did you talk to, you know, and I, I, it's the same thing that Randy said. I I mean, it was a very good get together. Yep. And it was the right, let me tell you, it was the right thing to do. Yep. To do that. Sure. It sounds like it. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying it was the right thing to do before, you know, we got into the legal aspects of everything and, you know, cause yeah, it's kind of, you're kind of skeptical when you go to do those things, you know, it's a little bit of, you know, from our, at least from my perspective, I don't know, Randy, maybe yours too, but you're like, Oh yeah. You know, don't want to make a bad impression or whatever, you know, but, <laughs> but it turned out really, I mean, yeah, it was great. Nothing yeah. but po- positive feedback from right. every single employee yeah. in my firm. Yeah. Yeah, I can remember uh, after it was over, you know, I had visited with Mark and Fran about you know, how'd you think it, how'd you think it went, and and I, I, our common theme was I don't think it could have been any better. You know, I don't think it could have been. Uh, I don't think it could have been any better. So yeah, yeah I don't very, know how cool. we could have done that at mm-hmm. all. Anything better, but that was yep. good, great experience. Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm glad to I'm glad to hear that. So Mark, what do you think this combined larger firm will mean for your the people that were on your team, do you think it creates additional opportunity? 
or uh, what's your take there? And what did you tell your team when they were maybe concerned that there might be redundancies or layoffs or whatever? How did you how did you encourage them to be excited about the merger? Well, yeah, I can sum that up really quick. You know, like I said, we were already talking to somebody about, you know, how can we advance the firm, make sure there's succession for, you know, make sure that the, you know, for succession that the clients and the staff, everybody's always taken care of all the time. But the advancement, see, uh, RMA already has these programs in place for advancement. You know, they're a little, they're a larger firm than we are. And our, they have a formal plan where we didn't really have that. And so when I started talking to everybody and I said, look, there's just plenty of room for advancement if you want it. It's there. And this is a good thing. And that's the big thing, you know, about the employees. Yep. And but it's it all goes back. It does go back to that for me anyway. I mean, that was the biggest sell. Mm-hmm. I was talking about, hey, for, we have we're going to have formal programs for advancement for everybody. As a smaller firm, you tend, to, yeah, you kind of skip that stuff, you know, and whoever sure. steps up. But when you have a formal plan in place, it's a little bit different. That vision is a real good vision. Yep, I can I can appreciate that. So, Randy, what did you tell your team about what was in it for them? What was going to make it good for your team? Well, we the, the the there's several great things, but probably the biggest one was just some of the the talent that that Mark has at his firm. He has several very experienced and very solid professionals over there that have been working in in a CPA firm and work in the tax area as well as the audit area for many years. So we really saw the opportunity to really add to our talent in terms of our capabilities. The fact that you go from you know, roughly a 30-person firm to a 40-person firm just gives you some additional leverage as well. They've got some senior people and we have some younger folks over here that are, mm-hmm. for example, on, on the tax preparer side, you know, we're hoping to be able to have some of their senior people that have been, some of them preparing returns, really be, step into a, a role more of a reviewer of returns and, and let them, in a sense, use their talents and skills at a higher level more of the time. Okay. Which is, you know, which is a big part of, you know, you know, professional service firms and the, the leverage is always, always the key to have the, the work being done at the right level at all mm-hmm. times is so important. So we just see a big opportunity for that. We think a lot of their folks have some great, you know, upward mobility opportunities within the larger firm as well. Sure. Yeah, that I, I get it. What are there some areas, I'll direct this to you, Randy that the firm has some differences that create some synergies, like where maybe they had some industry expertise and you didn't or vice versa. Did any of those come to mind? There probably are a few, but you know, when you look at the uh, types of clients we serve, they're quite similar. We both had some in the construction industry, retail industry, not retail, real estate. We both have quite a bit of real estate clients. So so there, there really probably was more of a, you know, a similar type of client base. The one thing they do that we had quit doing several years ago is benefit plan audits. So there, there are some things that are going to be a positive that we can sort of flip some switches back on that we had, had sort of flipped off on our end for some work that they do. And sort of the, the same on our side, I would say, I know uh, we have developed over the last few years a, a client accounting 
services group that that Mark's firm has not really had a formal department that that does that. So so they're going to get some advantages there on our side. So those are the couple of probably the two best areas that where we're going to you know both benefit from. That's that is awesome. <laughs> Switching gears a little bit, uh, Mark. What do you most enjoy about being in public accounting, and um, and also in you know in having uh, a firm that you have a that you play a senior leadership role in? You know, I'm gonna the, you know the very first thing that I noticed when I was in public accounting was flexibility. Okay. Yeah, you, yeah, you work a lot. And if you don't have a micromanager above you, <laughs> mm-hmm. you can pretty much operate for the most part, however you need to. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, sure. hey, man, I can't get in on time or I got to go do this or I got to go do that. You know, but I noticed that flexibility in the beginning. Now, sometimes I think we got away from that in public accounting and started working way too hard and, you know, and, and probably, you know, just working way too many hours. But I liked the control that I would have over my career. Okay. And no one else was controlling that except me. So, and I'm the kind of person though, I look for uh, those opportunities of advancement and, and things like that. But, and then, you know, at the same time, I don't like to just sit and I, I, I couldn't work and just sit and work in one, uh, you know, like a CFO, I think I'd be a great one, but I think I, it would be hard for me to do that same thing over and over every day. And I know CFOs, they can, you know, they can, everything can get pretty tricky there, but I like the diversity of all the different clients I get to deal with mm-hmm. and, and all the, you know, there's just so many different things that I've done in my career, you know, valuing businesses, doing you know, high level mergers, you know, we did, and, you know, and, and assisting in that kind of stuff. And it's, yeah, I guess, it's, you know, the work in general, I mean, it's appealing to me and there's just so many opportunities for public accountants. Just sure. so many opportunities within public accounting. No, I, I agree. And, and wanting that flexibility and control probably made being in a smaller firm that you ran probably even more appealing, I'm guessing. It, it, it did. Absolutely. So what are you going to do now that Randy's going to start putting you to office hours from eight to five? I've been thinking about that. Randy and I, Randy and I are going to have a talk when I get back from San Diego. We it's pretty, it, I think our work ethic is pretty similar. Yeah. Definitely. So it, it, it's not like that. Yeah, it's going to be different. <laughs> it is going to be different not being the managing partner, but I'm telling you the way that the firms mesh, it's not going to be a problem for me at all. What are you going to miss least about having to be the guy in charge? Oh, gosh. Just running a business in general, as everybody knows, running a business is with when you're the one at the top, it's, it, it can be very difficult. You know, mm-hmm. you, you carry a lot of weight. So it's good to kind of spread that weight around, if you know what I mean. Sure, that makes sense. Randy, how about you? What do you? What are some of the things that you particularly enjoy about being in a leadership role at a, at a smaller local CPA firm? Yeah, the things I, I enjoy the most, uh, there's you know, has to be uh, almost equal. Would be working, you know, working with our clients as they are trying to do. Uh, strategic things, you know, buying buying a company, selling a company, obtaining financing for a company, 
those types of things where you're really you know doing high level work for those those clients that you have and really close to that the other piece I really enjoy is is working with our people you know that mentoring them and watching them grow you know I've had the, the good fortune here at, at our firm of having a, a young man who's now a partner that came in as an intern you know 13 years ago Mike Hewitt and watching him grow and, and just being a part of his development over all those years. So that's something that really turns me on to, to see how progression is made. And you see some of these young accountants, these young kids, if you will, and, and you know, some of them just get it. You know, they get in the business mm-hmm. and man, they just understand it and it clicks and they enjoy it and they, they come ask you for help. And I just really enjoy doing that. And the other piece that I, I do enjoy is the, you know, the running of the business, if you will, but you know, the sort of the entrepreneur's side of, you know, yes, we're a CPA firm, but we're also a business that's in the business of providing CPA firm services. And so I do enjoy, you know, building that business and casting a vision and trying to keep everybody on on the same track, if you will, and, and continue to grow and build our practice and actually the people in the practice so that they feel like, man, they're right where they should be. They're they're doing the work they want to be doing for the firm they really want to work for. So those are probably the areas where I really enjoy spending time. Yeah, I can appreciate that. Running a professional services firm myself, I echo the thinking really of all of you. I appreciate the flexibility and control, the variety, and the other working with the clients and the the team. Mm Mm-hmm. So, boy, we are moving right along. Um, why don't we talk? Why don't we move now? So I think we've kind of covered the, the backgrounds, the merger, what led to the merger, some of the things that we're excited about. Let's now talk a bit about the podcast. And Mark, if you don't mind, I'm going to direct this initially to Randy uh, and then kind of let you sort of uh, add in some additional color. So why don't we start by just maybe sharing, Randy, like the journey of what led you to deciding that you wanted your firm to have a podcast. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know about, you know, I know, I do know about you, Dave. I know you like to listen to podcasts as do I, and I've discovered here at our firm that a lot of our, our younger accountants, younger uh, team members really enjoy podcasts and listen to all sorts and I've got a handful of favorites that I like to listen to as well. And so uh, we had just had been visiting around our firm, our leadership group about what, why don't we have a podcast? And, and we could use that podcast to do so many things, one of which would be to use it to certainly disseminate information to our clients that may be important to them. Uh, a new tax law change, for example, that comes around that we could have a podcast and explain things. But the other thing that we really thought would be a great use of the podcast would be we have so many amazing clients i know mark's i know mark's firm does as well but i've listened to their stories over the years about how they've built their business and and what our our plans going forward for this podcast is to interview those business owners and so we've kind of got a few lined up here uh, to talk to in the next few months but we're going to just basically let them tell their story of, of how they started you know many in the proverbial literally garage <laughs> and have subsequently built multi-million dollars some hundred million plus 
uh, size companies. And so I just think it'd be great for other people to hear their perspective. Uh, and for us as their CPAs to sort of be the one who sort of instigates that and initiates that to get them to talk about their company and let others mm-hmm. learn from that. So we just see it as a great opportunity to not only help our clients, but to, uh, to let other prospective clients realize, hey, these are the kind of clients that, that we like to work with and that work well with us. And uh, we think it'll be a real positive from a, a, just a branding uh, standpoint for our firm and kind of who we are. Sure. No, that, that makes a, a lot of sense. So, so Mark, how did, how did you take the news, I guess, during the merger discussion or if Randy sprung it on you after the merger was done? <laughs> that, oh, by the way, we, we have a podcast we're in the process of launching, and, and Mark, you get to be on the inaugural episode with me. How did, uh, how did that strike you, Mark? You know, it, obviously all that stuff, at first you're like, what? <laughs> but, but no, you know, I, I really kind of welcomed it. It, it, I think like what Randy was saying, you know, things are changing. I, I may be a bit of a dinosaur, a little bit of a dinosaur, I guess, but this, it, it's a good way to get information out, you know, about your firms and, you know, technical issues that you need to address. For instance, you know, we got this lease standard we got to deal with now. Well, you know, when you get on the podcast, if your clients are listening in on that stuff or whoever's listening in, they're going to start sending you all these questions. You can send them a piece of paper. They may read it or something, but they may not. Half the time they won't do it. They rather listen. So I I think a podcast, I think it's the ideal way of communicating. And I I think something else it'd be good for is, you know, employees, getting employees on there and um, Mm. getting them in touch, you know, with, with, you know, with clients or, you know, discussing the, you know, the firm and, you know, their jobs and, you know, so everybody can see it. And and the thing, the reason I bring up the employee thing is I think it's really good for people going to college that don't know what they want to do, but they want to, hey, I want to know what this accounting thing's about. Well, you know, this podcast would be perfect for it if we had a staff in the firm actually doing something like that. So I just think the opportunity is just tremendous. Yep. So, so, so Mark, no, I totally agree. So I'm just curious, are you somebody who's a, a, a regular podcast listener or occasional listener or every listener podcast? I've listened to a few podcasts, but it's, it's interesting that I'm actually in a podcast because <laughs> my son listens to a lot of podcasts sure. you know, and he's done a few of them. And, you know, one of them's happened to be something I'm real interested in, you know, just trying to figure out that cryptocurrency thing. But he did something like that. And, and my daughter, she's done one, too. And I'm just like, oh, you know, I need to get in there. And I, and I listen to both of theirs. And I'm like, oh, this is great information. So sure. well, again, maybe you're going to maybe you're going to go up a notch on the coolness factor. Once they find out <laughs> who's gonna guest on the podcast. Yeah. Right. Don't mess with dad. <laughs> And I don't know if you know, Mark, but Randy has been a guest on uh, two of my other podcasts. And That's I right. Send you that info if you want to hear more of uh, Randy's story. One was uh, was just Randy, and then the most recent one was Randy and Mike. Was Max on that one too, Randy? Or was it just no, Randy? just just Mike and I, I believe. Yeah. So if you're looking for some good listening, I would start with those. I now, will. here's the bad news, guys. I've got some bad news for you. I What's think, that? I think the plan is to do one podcast a month, right? Because you guys don't want to get... That is the current plan. That's right. So here's the bad news. I'm just kind of 
doing an informal tallying up of the different ways you want to use this. Mm-hmm. And I've already, I'm already to about 50 uh, episodes <laughs> that I kind of envision. Yeah. So it may take you a while, one a month, it may take you a while. So now the good news is we tell our clients it's better to increase your frequency than to decrease your frequency. So yep. you can always do it a little more uh, frequently if you, uh, if you feel the need to. Yep. And, and we might. We've, that's very much a possibility. So as we kind of wrap up, I've got a, a couple of fun questions for each of you. But before we get to that, is there anything that we haven't covered that you guys think we should? Why don't I start with you, Mark? Anything that comes to mind that you wish I'd asked you? Um, I think we covered quite a bit. You know, I mean, next time we do this, you'll probably have some uh, other questions that we'll have answers for. In- integrating firms of, you know, our size is that can be challenging. <laughs> right. So, but anyways, yeah, I think we've covered quite a bit. Well, if you guys want me to come back at some point in the future and do a, a repeat as the guest host, we could do just that. We could check back in a year or two and kind of check in and see how the merger's going. So, that, yeah, that's kind sure. of what I that's kind of what I'm alluding to. It'd be really good to do that. Randy and I will have a ton of information. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I'm you know, sure. There, there, there's no doubt. Right. That sounds good. Randy, how about you? Is there anything that we didn't cover that you think we should have? You know, I sort of mentioned it, but, you know, it's going to be this interesting this first year because we're sort of going to be, you know, one firm in two locations. And so we really want to work hard to, you know, integrate as much as we possibly can. We've made the decision that since we're both, you know, heading into a very, the busiest time of the year for all of us, we're not even going to bother with a lot of software changes and Mm -hmm. a lot of those types of issues until we get through what we hope is an April 15th tax season deadline. And then we're going to start tackling some of the tricky things like changing softwares and being on the same systems and integrating all of our IT. And so those are some of the big things we'll tackle. But, you know, we're hoping to do that by actually forming some integration teams, you know, with members of both sides and some training programs that help them learn our software and uh, actually, you know, work together. So uh, we're excited about, you know, pulling all that together. But, but, that's going to happen once we get through the, the the busy season, if you will. So that's yeah. that's something we got to look forward to. No, that sounds great. Well, we're down to the last two questions. I can't believe how the time has flown. I'll uh, start with you, Randy. Then we'll go to to Mark. Then Mark for the second question. Then back to you. So, if you could go back in time and give advice to your twenty five year old self, what advice might you give? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> you know, other than, you know, buy crypto or uh, buy, <laughs> buy, buy uh, Apple, Tesla, Dell, you know, that would have been helpful at age 25. You know, I, you know, one of the things that I've heard this before is, you know, probably the advice that everything's going to be okay <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> would be some pretty good advice because I was one of those guys at 25 that, that was pretty driven in terms of I, I, I had goals and aspirations for myself and my career and at that time for my family as well and and probably was trying to do too much. So I, I probably would tell myself to, to slow down and that everything's going to be okay. That's probably what I would tell myself. Okay. Well, that, that, sounds, that sounds like wise advice to any 25-year-old. <laughs> 
Yeah. What, how about you? What advice might you uh, have given or would you give to your 25-year-old self? Pretty much what Randy said, and I kind of alluded to that before because you know, when I was younger in my career, it was just like I was a – Man, that's all. I mean, I worked a lot. I didn't complain about it. It was like something I wanted to do and, you know, just kept on pushing and pushing and, you know, start running into things. You know, it's just like, well, it's just, it, it can get pretty crazy, but you're right. You know, I mean, I look back on it and everything's going to be okay. Yep. You know, Every, and, you know, that's pretty much it for me too. I, I, I just, that's a thought that I really wish I would have carried when I was uh, younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah every, you're everything that. will be okay. Yeah, because you know, you're looking at stuff, you know, you get out of college and you know, they you know, you know, this in this profession, man, they just throw you in head first, you know, you don't know what you're doing. You know, sure. you like they tell you to go do something with the general ledger and you're wondering if you're supposed to salute. You don't know what that thing <laughs> is, you know. I mean, but you know, it's just it's a lot of that would just you know give you a lot of anxiety. But, you know, the best thing to do is, you know, just, oh, just remain calm because it will be okay, you know, and yeah. that's just the way this profession is. The more you're left to operate on your own, the better you will be down the road. Yeah, it's similar to advice I was given once that said, and, and the person said to me, don't be so worried about outcomes be focused on your activity and what you can control. Mm-hmm. And I think that- your guys are saying kind of the same thing. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Mark, you're going to get the first crack at the last question. Now, Randy, you can't steal Mark's answer unless okay. you believe it, okay? <laughs> uh-oh, okay. Uh-oh, okay. here we go. Ready, Mark? Yes. Tex-Mex or barbecue? <laughs> barbecue. Randy? <sighs> Man, that's, a, that's such a tough decision to make right there. If you have to pick just one. I'm going to have to go barbecue as well. I hate to be repetitive, but you would expect we would both pick the same thing, right? Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there isn't anything else different. (laughs) I I just, I I love them both. And and I probably have both every week almost, it seems like. Uh, In fact, there's barbecue in our kitchen right now. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I, I probably have to lean barbecue. The, I tend to agree with you. The answer that one of my guests gave me was if it's world class, Mm-hmm. barbecue if they know it's just going to be average tex-mex <laughs> because average tex-mex yeah. seems to be more enjoyable than average barbecue uh, I think- has more room for uh for yeah. less than perfection I-, I agree but i'm not going to eat bad or average barbecue i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> I'm under- understood uh, well, um, I believe that the new website is rmh.cpa. Is that correct? That is. That will be our new domain name. That is correct. Yeah. Do you anticipate that being up by the time this episode is released? It it may be. It's it, it, we may be right on the fringe uh, of that being up. That we do have the domain name. It's all a matter of pointing our old website to the new domain name. So it, we will at some point. Once we get it up, we'll have actually all, you know, their, uh, the Hess website, the Reimer website will all point to the new rmh.cpa website. So okay. it should be so, done in the next week to two weeks. Okay. So in the meantime, though, the, the RMA website is rma-cpa.com. Correct. And Mark, what's your current website? It would be the hess-cpa.com. 
wow, really original there, guys. Yeah, well, you know what? He probably names are, are similar. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how that happened, but that is another, uh-huh. another similarity. Thing. Same yeah. similarity. It but is. Yeah, something to add to that is the the. I guess it's the AICPA that came up with it because people will get they'll have to just get used to this. It's not going to be dot com. You know, the right. extension will be dot CPA. Correct. So we have our own little world there, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. Which is good. Yeah, you know, I don't know if you guys have thought about this, but so I'm somebody who owns about 500 domain names. And everybody needs <laughs> a hobby. Yeah. Um, some people collect shoes and sports uh, <laughs> memorabilia. So one of the things you might think about is is some other variations of the domain name that you mm-hmm. could own and just point them to that one. Right. So, for example, you might consider like rmhcpa.com or rmh-cpa.com for the people who are kind of used to the layout of the old one. So right. you, may, uh, you may want to think about that. Yeah. Well, I will think about that. So with that... Guys, this has really been fun and a fun way to wrap up the week. And my uh, sincerest uh, congratulations to both of you. And as a longtime client of Randy's firm, as a client, I'm really excited by the additional resources and manpower that will be available to me as a client. So congratulations on the merger. And I look forward to working with you both. Same here, David. David, and, and thank you so much for for hosting our inaugural website. It's just been getting you to guide us through this. It made it a whole lot easier. And I want to thank you so much. And uh, we need to probably give a special shout out to your lovely wife, Christine Spray, who really was responsible also for bringing Mark and I together. We Christine had worked with their firm and she's worked with us for many years as well. And she said, you guys need to meet. I think y'all would really like each other. And, yep. and she was right. So I want to give a special shout out to Christine for, for connecting us. So yeah, absolutely. It, absolutely. So, so, you know, thanks Randy. My wife pretty much outshines me in every part of my life. And my she business. absolutely does. I had to totally here, here I am. I thought we were going to, I was going to have at least an hour in my life where I wasn't going to be outshined by, C, by Christine. No, no. Hey, no I, didn't, I didn't say it. Randy did, <laughs> but to, to he no is avail. right. Yep. No, I, uh, I agree. She does outshine me. And uh, mm-hmm. like, like I know for sure, Randy, I married over my head. I don't know your wife as well, but I did I too. imagine that is the case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, well, thanks again, guys. You both have a great weekend. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. Thanks, David. Appreciate it. And there you have it. The end of the first ever RMH podcast. It was pretty great for our first episode. Don't forget to check out the show notes at podcast.rmh.cpa. Also, you can find out more about the many ways we can help you at our website, which is simply rmh.cpa. That's it for this episode. Have a great week and we'll talk to you next time.